Hey, Tyler Shields here, pastor of Rock House Baptist Church. I want to personally thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We pray that the message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to be the person that God desires you to be. Be sure to check us out online at rockhousebaptist.org where you can find out more about how to connect, grow, and go. And now, today's message. Well, good morning uh, from Rock House Baptist Church here. This is Associate Pastor Brian Hubbard, and I have the honor and pleasure of bringing you our sermon this morning. Um, if you're tuned in on Facebook, uh, you've heard some good music this morning. I don't think it gets any better than how great they are when we're speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that you're tuned in this morning with open ears and hearts and open minds so that uh, the word of Jesus can get to all of us this morning. I pray that this message this morning is a blessing, not only uh, to me, but to you. And as I studied this week, I realized that there's a lot of distraction going on in the world right now, but I want to promise you that God is not caught off guard by anything that's going on right now. He's still the one in control, and if you are a follower of Jesus... I think now is a time more than ever that we should show God's faithfulness in our lives, that we should show God's mercy to others, and there is no better time to remember the miracles that God has done for us before, and he'll continue to do for us. The Bible says that he's the same God of yesterday, same God today, and the same God tomorrow. Our, uh, our title this morning for our sermon is simply this, and it's really important. Our title is this, The Choice is Yours. I'm going to say it again. The Choice is Yours. Our message will come from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11 through 20 will be our focus, but we'll be highlighting some other verses from the Bible. But first, let's get caught up for those who may um, not have been in the Word uh, in the same places that we are as far as going from Genesis to Deuteronomy where we are now. Let's get caught up. So God's faithful servant Moses, he's about to pass away. His time has almost come to an end. But God has given him some final instructions to give to the Israelites, the people of God. And I don't know about you, but as we've been reading and as you read through the first four or five books of the Bible... <laughs> What you see is God's people over and over again be disobedient to God and his promises and the covenant that they have made. And it seems like just when God is ready to blot out their names from under the heavens, he's ready to uh, wipe them off the face of the earth or eradicate them, we see Moses interceding for them. And Moses would quickly remind God. The Bible says that God's anger would burn against them, but Moses would remind them the promise, remind God the promise that he had made to the fathers that was before them. You see, the Israelites, they would grumble for food, Pastor Tyler talked about. They would grumble for water. But no matter the need, whether food or water, no matter what it was, God would provide for them. I mean, for goodness sakes, he even split the sea so they could walk through on dry ground. But here we are. You see, the Israelites had forgot <laughs> that they were the chosen people of God. And they forgot that God was in control. And 
about 39 years before this, they were about to enter the promised land, and they sent in the 12 spies, and, and the 12 came back, and there was 10 bad reports per se, and two good reports, and, and the people of God listened to the 10 bad reports. They listened to all their cities are fortified to the heavens. Oh, uh, we look like grasshoppers to them. And so the Lord of God, the Lord our God's anger burned against them. He said, I will not be with you, but they try to take matters in their own hands. They go in to, uh, to fight, and they lose, and here we go. They are in the wilderness wandering for 40 more years. So Moses is about to pass away, as I would mentioned before. And right before he does, he's going to remind God's people of this and what is to come. So if you would, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 30. We're going to open up with verses 1 through 3. If you're on your iPad or your Bible, whatever, this morning. Verses 1 says this, Moses speaking. When all these things happen to you, the blessings and curses I have set before you, and you come to your senses... <laughs> Yeah, aren't we different when we come to our senses? While you are in all the nations where the Lord God has driven you, he's been your chauffeur. He's took you right here, dropped you off. Huh, that was my version. But verse 2 says, And you and your children return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart and all your soul by doing whatever I am commanding you today. Then he will restore your fortunes, have compassion on you, and gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. Now I want to back up in chapter 29 really quick. Moses had told the Israelites about the importance of being obedient to God and about what would happen if they break their covenant. See, they had seen this before. The Israelites had failed God's old covenant that he had, they had made with that he had made with their grandparents. But now the Bible says he's willing to make a new covenant with the people at that very moment. And if you remember, God had told the generations before them of the 20 years or older they would not enter the promised land because of their disobedience and their lack of trust and their lack of faith in God. But before we go on to our next verses, I want you to think about something. If you're at home and listening, could you imagine being Moses? I've tried to picture this myself approximately some theologians some scholars say that he was leading one to two and a half million people at this time some estimated it as little as 200,000 which is still a big portion of people some scholars say it was up to six million but I think the best estimate that um, we've come to is about one to two million people here and you got to remember these people they've been in slavery for 400 years <laughs> That's all they've known. And for the first time, they're about to be set free for the first time in generations. And here's the thing. You have to remember, they've always been told what to do. Whether you believe that or not, that is structure. Even though it was slavery, it was still structure. You see, they were fed, they had homes, they were clothed, and their families were taken care of. Sounds like a great ordeal, right? But here's the one kicker. They weren't free. They were still in bondage. They couldn't worship the God that they wanted to worship. They couldn't serve God because they were under Pharaoh's slavery. Now we're at a boiling point. And that'll take me to my first point this morning. My first point is this. You are the message. Please hear that at home. You are the message. 
We'll look at verses 11 through 14 really quick. Verse 11 says this. Moses is speaking and he says, The command that I give you today is certainly not too difficult or beyond your reach. It is not in heaven so that you have to ask, Who will go up to heaven and get it for us and proclaim it to us so that we may follow it? And it is not across the sea so that you have to ask, Who will go across the sea and get it for us and proclaim it to us so that we may follow it? But the message is near you, in your mouth, in your heart, so that you may follow it. And in case you missed this, thousands of years later, the greatest commandment was told by a carpenter, a very famous carpenter, a carpenter by the name of Jesus. And he was asked, Rabbi, what is the greatest commandment of all? And in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 our Lord Jesus Christ responds with this. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, for this is the greatest commandment. You see, what Jesus was saying thousands of years later, Moses was telling them the same thing at this very moment as they was getting ready to enter in the promised land. And I want you to hear this this morning. This is why the message is near you. If you'll go all the way back to the first chapter of the Bible, chap chapter 1 in Genesis, verse 27, this is what God thinks of you this morning. It says, So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. So whether you're male or female, you are created by God for a purpose. That's why the message is near you. Now, the society that we live in today, let's be honest, folks. The society we live in today will tell you it's too hard to follow Jesus. It's too hard to live a holy life. Too hard to be perfect. But I'm here to tell you that the Word of God would disagree. The Word of God would disagree. Not only is God's Word near you. Here's the thing about God's Word. God's Word is for you. God's word is written. Actually, God's word is about you, who Jesus is living in you. God's word is for your families. Listen what Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says about how you should train your families. It says, train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. You see, the word of God is nothing but good news to everybody we come in contact with. Now here's the kicker about us Christians and sometimes some things we have to remember. In, my, in some cases, I'm not saying in all cases, but in some cases, other people and other Christians are watching Christians. <laughs> they may not be hearing what they say, but they're always watching what they do. Now there was a famous preacher by the name of Charles Spurgeon we quote here all the time. But Charles Spurgeon said this about a Christian life. Charles Spurgeon says this. It is good to speak for Christ whenever you have a fair opportunity. But your life will be the best sermon. Folks, may the works that we do in the name of Jesus Christ while we're here on earth be our testimony for the Lord and how good he is. That's why I say the point that we're talking about right now is you are the message the message is near you. 
The message is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may follow it. And if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul, <laughs> your life will show of it. People will see that the grace of God has been poured out on you. That takes me to my second point this morning. And this is probably the most important point uh, that, that you will ever come across. I'm not going to lie this morning. It changed my life. But this point is so important. And the point is your choice is crucial. Your choice to follow Jesus is crucial this morning. Let's look at verses 15 through 20. Deuteronomy 30, verses 15 through 20. Moses says, See today... I have set before you life and prosperity, death and adversity. For I am commanding you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commands, his statutes, and his ordinance, so that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God may bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you do not listen, and you are led astray to bow and worship to other gods and serve them. I tell you today that you will certainly perish and will not prolong your days in the land you are entering to possess across the Jordan. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you life and death, or a blessing and a curse. <laughs> Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Love the Lord your God, obey him, and remain faithful to him. For he is your life, and he will prolong your days as long as you live in the land the Lord swore to give to your fathers Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, I want to take a few moments, and let's just really focus in on verses 19 and 20. Let's take those two verses and listen to what God is saying about us and what he has planned for us. You see, Moses, again, is reminding these folks of how their grandparents, <laughs> far too often they chose the life of, of death and adversity. But he's saying here in this new covenant, choose life, he's saying. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Now I want to talk about that because I was listening to a, uh, a pastor earlier this week that one of my friends had told me to check out and he talked about the crashes of life and how not only when you crash does it hurt you, but when you crash it hurts your children, it hurts your husband, it hurts your wife, it hurts your grandparents, it hurts your parents, it hurts everybody around you. That's why Moses is saying, look, before you is life and prosperity. Or you can choose death and adversity. Now hear this. Please hear this from these verses. If you choose life and prosperity, it will protect you against death and adversity. Now I didn't say it would keep you from these things. But what I'm saying is the word of God says it will protect you from death and adversity. But on the other hand, if, you to choose, if you're to choose death and adversity, my friends, <laughs> it will prevent you from life and prosperity. Hear that again. If you choose death and adversity, it will prevent you from life and prosperity. 
Now, when I say prosperity, Pastor Tyler talks about this quite often. And if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus, you know what I mean when I say prosperity. We're talking about life abundantly. We're not talking about money or material things because life isn't about net worth. Christians know life is about self-worth because of the God that lives in us. Now, let's continue on. Later in those verses, it says this. I'm glad I read this. Thank you, Pastor, for starting this, reading through the Bible. It says, for he is your life. What more else do we need to know? For he is your life. Now, what does that mean? Well, folks, sometimes we have to do a self-check. I'll just be honest with you. So I'm going to ask you a few questions this morning, you listeners out there. I want you to think about these questions as we propose them to you. First question is, who or what is in charge of your life? Who or what? Are you in charge? Folks, we, we as humans, we like the darkness sometimes. I'll be honest with you. We're born in the sin. There's not much we can do about it. But God's like the, the light that flicks in the darkness where everybody can see. But if you're in charge, it's probably not the best of choices. Or maybe the, the what. I'm talking about things like the bottle, alcohol, or drugs, social media. Or maybe just you're worried about what other people think. Folks, that's a life of death and adversity. But if Jesus is in charge, if Jesus is on the throne of your life, if Jesus is the one, you'll find peace. You'll find peace that passes all understanding. And here's the thing about following Jesus, and I've come to know it from a personal experience. You may be in a life storm. To be honest with you, I was just in a recent life storm. And God may not calm the storm around you, but God will give you peace inside that storm, and he'll calm you, and he'll lift your eyes when you're in the valley to what's coming up on the mountain and the light that he will bring to you. Let's continue on for another self-check. I want to talk about choices this morning. What do your choices look like? Are your choices obedient to God? Would they honor and please Him? Would they bring glory to His name? Folks, I think the best choice, well, how about this? I know the best choice that we can do is to follow Jesus with all of our heart. Give Him everything. Allow Him to be in control. One last check. I want to ask you, what are you investing in? Where's your time going? Folks, we know that our time is our treasure. And the Bible has something to say about treasure. <laughs> he says, the Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if we were to look at our schedules, our daily schedules, what would it say about our lives? Are we investing in other people? I'm going to tell you this morning that it's really hard to be Christ-centered and self-centered. Our life's about other people. And I say all that to kind of wrap it up with this. i got a few more verses I want to read to you. As Christians, we don't have it all figured out. We never will. I like to say we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. And this question was proposed to me. How are you going to be set free? 
how are you going to be set free from the worry, from the struggle, from the unneeded things in your life? Well, John chapter 8, verse 36 says this, and it's one of my, it's a title for one of my favorite songs. But verse 36 says this, So if the Son makes you free, some Bibles will say, If the Son sets you free, then you will be free indeed. And in fact, Paul, the Apostle Paul, talks about this freedom from the law and freedom from ourselves and freedom from death and how that only comes through Jesus Christ. And that's Romans chapter 10, verse 4. But we're going to talk about Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 10 really quick. If you don't know this, this may be my most favorite scripture in the whole Bible. Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 10, it says this. Paul has just quoted what Moses was telling the people in Deuteronomy. And Paul picks up in verse 8 and he says, On the contrary, what does it say? The message is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not that you might, not that it will happen later, but folks, it is an instant salvation. Verse 10 says, One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. Just like Moses said, it's not across the sea, so that someone will have to go get it for us. It's not in heaven, so we have to bring Christ down. But folks, it's right here with us. So please, let us not live in fear. Let us not choose death and adversity. Let us choose the life of abundancy, life of prosperity. Now here's the thing that we're going to close with this morning. The same choice and freedom that Moses and God were offering the Israelites thousands of years ago, folks, it's offered to us today at this very moment. The Bible tells us just believe, confess, and salvation will be given to us. All God wants you to do is to ask him to be Lord of your life, and he'll give you the free gift of salvation. This morning I want to close in prayer with you. And then I want to ask that you uh, take some time for the Lord this week and uh, give him your investment. Invest in him, I promise. He's already invested in you so much. But let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy. God, I'm so thankful for the blessings that you pour out on us. God, when all I know is to do what is wrong, Lord, I thank you so much for sending Jesus, for turning that around. Lord, by dying on the cross, Lord, by being buried and being resurrected, Father, we have life after death. Father, not only do we have life after death, Father, we have a life of abundancy right now, prosperity right now. Father, we don't have to uh, worry about what the world holds, for we know that God's promise is with us to those who believe. We ask now that you go in our communities, Lord, that you would go in our nation and in all the world that's 
being affected by this virus that's going around. God, we know you have a plan for us. Lord, and this too shall pass. Lord, we love you. We honor you and glorify you. Lord, I was reading last night, the Bible says, Fear not 365 times. One for each day, Lord, so that we know that you're still in control. Watch over us, guide and lead us, Lord. We love you. Thank you for being here at Rock House this morning. Lord, go out into our communities. Let us Christians show our obedience, show our faith. Lord, show mercy that you've shown us. God, to others. Lord, let us not remember. Let us not, I'm sorry, let us not forget the miracles, but let us remember them. Lord, we bring honor and glory to your name in all that we say and do. It's in Jesus' most precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in today. And remember, the greatest decision that you could ever make is to place your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and begin a personal relationship with Him. Again, thanks for listening. God bless.